There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free welcome to guys we fucked <laughs> guys we fucked. guys we fucked <laughs> i'm christina i'm corinne we're sorry, sorry about, about last night, night. the anti-slut shaming podcast <laughs> i never stop <laughs> Hey, fuckers, welcome to another episode of Guys We Fuck. It's the Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast. I'm Corinne. I'm Christina. Welcome. Um, So today's news update is actually kind of uh, an update on something that we have talked about a couple weeks ago. There was the Sudanese teenager who killed her rapist husband and then was committed to a death sentence. Uh, but the death sentence has been lifted. So something That's good happened. Good. Yay. Uh, I know a couple people tweeted me about it because they were like, oh, we initially heard about this on the Guys We Fucked podcast. Uh, and that's amazing. She's 19 years old, as a reminder. She was sentenced to death by hanging last month by an Islamic court after stabbing and killing her cousin, whom she said her father forced her to marry. Ooh. So on Tuesday, an appeals court commuted her sentence to five years in jail, which is still, wow. you know, not good. But I mean, even in America, sometimes stuff like that's happens like because of you, course you know you really you still can't murder people yeah, um that suck uh unless it's in the heat of the moment uh in jail and said and a fine of three hundred and thirty seven thousand five hundred sudanese pounds uh Damn. which then they went put into british pounds and How, I, she has to pay a fine i still don't know what that is yeah she how's she, she gonna earn money in jail uh i mean technically in a one well, in can american you, you can earn some kind of uh money in america i don't know how Sudan. I don't really know how things work there, but I mean, I'm guessing her family would probably, or if she has a a friend, I don't know. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so that is, I mean, I know it's still not amazing, but it's, I mean, that's a lot better. better. You were going to get hung and now you just got to spend five years in a prison. Yeah. I might take the five years, I guess. Right. And I mean, she was found guilty of a premeditated murder, which even if someone does rape you in America, you can't do that. So, you know, I mean, I think that's, that's a pretty, I'll take that as a win. Yeah. So that's good. That's good news. (laughs) Okay, Nora. All right. Hey, today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. Can't imagine fitting another appointment into your life. Well, with Talkspace, therapy is as easy as sending a message to your therapist. No commutes, no leaving the office, no judgments. To match with the perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, just go to Talkspace.com slash GWF. Use code GWF and get 45 bucks off your first month and show your support for this show. That's GWF at Talkspace.com slash GWF. Yeah, it's a great service. You can talk to a therapist via like a kind of like a Skype system. And then you can also uh, kind of text them throughout the week. So it's nice if you're uh, a person on the go. Yes. Very good. Come see us live. Guys, tonight's Nacho Bitches, the penultimate Nacho Bitches, sold out a week ago. So just if your last chance ever to come see Nacho Bitches is going to be Friday, July 27th at 1130 p.m. at New York Comedy Club, which is 24th and 2nd in New York City. Tickets are $12 with... Code Nacho, and you know they'll be 
good people there I didn't book it yet honestly <laughs> but someone will be there tomorrow June 30th Wendy Starling and I are co-hosting Glamour Puss at Zinc Bar so if you want to do that you should come it's going to be fun there will be wigs I don't know if there's tickets left because I haven't been checking but they do sell out so get them now and have a great day uh, Seattle slash Bellevue Washington July 12th through the 14th Christine and I are bringing the Bridget Bridget Bishop the tour Bishop, Bishop. the bitch bitch tour to Parlor Live we've been there before it's a really fun venue make sure to buy those tickets now so we don't look like punk asses and also just a heads up when you don't buy tickets to the shows they make us wake up at six o'clock in the morning oh my god and do press and talk to what is usually a misogynist radio host so like honestly we would really appreciate just if you didn't buy wait till the day of if you're going to do it because then after the show when everyone's like you guys look tired it's like yeah well we had a yeah. fight misogyny in every city in the u.s at yeah, six o'clock in the morning party in the US. anyway you know we should all have such fancy problems and then irvine california july 19th through 22nd we're going to be at the irvine improv uh this is this is count this is our la show i know irvine is not la but it's 45 minutes just fuck it we're making the commute we will be staying in la ourselves yeah so don't bitch about so it. we're gonna make that same drive every single day um but yeah these are huge venues so we really need to sell be the change you wish to see in the world guys and if you don't want us to be cranky after the shows and have an energy to, to say hi then you just you gotta buy tickets <laughs> and for remaining tour dates go to sorry about last night comedy.com slash tours uh and if we're not coming to your city uh and you want just some more chatter the two less lonely girls podcast is available uh, it's 30 minutes every monday about justin bieber we fucking met justin bieber so that avail- episode is available now it was is he hot Oh, I mean, I never thought he was hot, but, okay, I mean, uh, but he's, he's cute. He's cute he was very nice. Yeah. Uh, thanks so much to our second sponsor of the day, Blue Apron. Skip meal planning and get straight to cooking with Blue Apron. Enjoy unforgettable meals inspired by the vibrant cooking of the Mediterranean, Ooh. like seared salmon and spicy orange salsa. Centered around fruits, veggies, lean meats, and plenty of olive oil. These recipes, like that, plenty of olive oil. Don't worry, we got enough. It's very, everything's very slippery. Uh, these recipes are deliciously nutritious. With incredible ingredients and chef designed recipes, Blue Apron lets you see the power of what food can do which is like nourish you uh, blue apron delivers farm fresh ingredients and step-by-step recipes to your door the menu changes every week based on what's in season and is designed by blue aprons in-house culinary team blue apron offers three plans the two-person meal plan the family meal plan and the wine plan if you're on a liquid diet bitches uh, i love blue apron I've talked about it before for someone who loves to cook but doesn't get a chance to cook that much. It not only is great food, it tastes good. Usually really even looks good. Yeah. Uh, the instructions are very easy to follow. And then also it helps me to be more creative in my everyday cooking because I learn what kinds of foods go together how to season things properly, how to cut or cook things in ways that I didn't think. I actually learned a new way to cook salmon uh, that I didn't think of before. That was the most delicious way I've ever cooked salmon, which was by putting it in a frying pan on the actual uh, stove and then putting the silver foil over it. And mm. it was I, it was perfect. So highly recommend it. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free at blueapron.com slash GWF. Again, that's blueapron.com slash GWF to get your first three meals free, Blue Apron, a better way to cook.
And then after your titties are all big from eating all those fresh foods and shit, you got to support them. And you got to support them with third love using thousands of real women's measurements. Third love designs bras with breast size and shape in mind, which is really what you want in a bra designer so that they fit (laughs) impeccably and even better. And now since adding 24 new sizes, Third Love offers the most options for any, from any oh, of any brand. You know, I can read. A total of 70 sizes. Jesus Christ, every titty is unique. Find your fit in 60 seconds online. Order and try on at home with Third Love's Fit Finder quiz. It's actually fun and takes less than a minute. This is hands down the most comfortable bra you will own. I have titties. I wear Third Love. They're wonderful. Uh, the labels are even tagless, so they're not itchy, which I really do appreciate. And because Third Love guarantees a perfect fit, returns and exchanges are free and easy. Boy, I love the way Third Love cups my titties. Third Love knows a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. You just got to go to thirdlove.com, all spelt out, T-H-I-R-D, slash G-W-F now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That is thirdlove.com slash G-W-F for 15% off today. All right. And thank you to Spotify. Holy oh, shit. Love them. Yeah, we truly love Spotify from the bottom of our hearts. Like they are paying us to say this right now, but I do want to be clear that even if they weren't, I would say nice things about them. <laughs> uh, weird ad copy at the beginning, but I'm going to read it just as they wrote yeah, it you because should. this I is a commitment you. to their art form. Okay. And you know what? I don't, you know, it's like maybe they're not great at comedy, but it's like I don't have a music streaming service. So it's like we all have a gift to give. Uh, some sure. things were meant for each other. Fries and milkshakes, selfies and duck face. And now, guys, we fucked in Spotify. You <laughs> know. Hallmark card? Duck face. Uh, yes, the same app that has millions of songs now has also thousands of podcasts. Listen to all your favorite shows and discover new ones by browsing categories such as lifestyle, news, comedy, wah, wah. sports and recreation, and more. Plus, you can save podcasts offline for when you don't have an internet connection, That's like on nice. an airplane, which I do a lot, and use Spotify Connect to seamlessly play podcasts to different devices. Um, Spotify is excellent. Uh, Not only is it really easy to use and it's always works unlike some other apps. uh, I have discovered a ton of new music and new podcasts and new comedians uh, by via Spotify. It really gets to know you. The algorithms that they're working with are really strong. And every time someone's like, I made you a playlist or like an app's like, I made you a playlist. I'm like, bitch, you don't know me. But then Spotify makes me one. I'm like, oh, my God, are we are in we, love? This is my boyfriend. Oh, my God. Is this is this my soulmate? And I find all these new, you know, musicians who have like 600 followers. But I'm so happy to give them to support because I would never have found out about it if it wasn't for Spotify. I fucking love. So I've been so Spotify subscriber for since it came out. I fucking love that app. I use it every single day. Yeah. It's great. I've paid for it long before they paid for us. So yeah. to subscribe to our show, just search for Guys We Fucked. And again, this is free. Uh, tap follow and get every new episode delivered to you. Podcasts on Spotify. They're streaming right now. And now. And now. But what about now? I think also now. now. Okay. Still yeah. now. Oof, Thanks, God. Spotify. We love you. We really do. Um, 
Okay, so I mean, the per, uh, personal this week, uh, we both saw Kathy Griffin yeah. at Carnegie Hall. She played two venues in New York City this week. One was Carnegie Hall and one was Radio City. Radio City was first, but Carnegie Hall was actually the first booked gig. So it was sold out. And it sold out very quickly. It was what I would call the super fans. Like, it's very important for me if I love someone to be at their first show yeah. that they put online because it shows like that we care more and yeah. we're also better people. So so true. But I love her, and I was so excited because I've seen. Have you seen Kathy Griffin live? I've before? never seen her live. I've seen her specials. Okay, and I like. I've been a fan of her for years. This was an, at least the third time, if not more than that, that I've seen her live. She, I saw her Broadway show. I saw her in another theater in New York City. I might have even seen her outside of New York City. I love her. She's one of the reasons I started comedy. I people are always like bad mouthing her, which. I don't get I mean like if you just don't like someone or don't think they're funny like then that's fine okay but I love her and I think in my opinion this was the best uh live performance I've ever seen she did two and a half hours and she told the entire story of what happened to her after she posted the picture uh holding up the Donald Trump mask with the ketchup dripping down um, she she went through a full FBI investigation, which I don't well, I don't think people know that. I also think it's interesting that the photographer said, "Do you want this to go live?" Mm-hmm. While during the photo shoot, mm-hmm. she said, "Okay, I guess, yeah, yeah." And then he sent it to TMZ, yeah. And I also didn't know that the head of TMZ is like besties with Trump, yeah, and that they talk policy, which is. Uh, Makes sense if you pay attention to the news and how it's going. But uh, and it's also disturbing to have the president be in cahoots with someone who controls like our celebrity, because I think getting to people through celebrity and through gossipy news that we think is, you know, quote unquote, harmless is a very uh, deceitful tactic. Yeah, but it's stupid. But it's kind of it's kind of smart. Um, <laughs> it is a super deceitful well, I mean, it's, and not it's, morally correct. It's, how, but. it's 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 snaky. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. It's very interesting, and I, so I think it's like just a good reminder to like just because something isn't about politics doesn't mean it's not about politics. Oh, absolutely. Everything is always sprinkled with a little bias. She really, Kathy Griffin, during that set, really told us a lot of shit oh like, i know oh my god one of the interesting things that i really liked jeff zucker who's cnn yeah she had been hosting new year's eve and it was a 90 minute program mm-hmm. and they oh, yeah. wanted to increase it from 90 minutes to four hours and she did not have agents at the time so she knew jeff zucker called him and said hey if you're gonna do this i want to raise mm-hmm. and he was uh like how dare you ask how are you doing this why are Mm -hmm. you doing this whatever fired her she called him back crying and said okay we'll keep you on for the four hours instead Mm -hmm. of 90 minutes and i'm gonna dock your pay by 30 Mm percent and then she went over how uh she got fired from pretty much every single thing uh, after that photo was released and then squatty potty sponsorship again just a big fuck you to squatty potty as a reminder fuck you fucking idiots Uh, we sold so many squatty potties ironically from that great ad you did yeah hey get a stool or a fucking stack of books books uh but so so this guy, this photographer that took this picture in Kathy's home, sent it directly to the head of TMZ. And then that shit show happened. And then she got fired from everything. And then she talked about how Billy Bush, mm-hmm. the good old ugh, creepy fucking. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I, I would have thought he was a creep regardless of any of that tape. But he was in the tape. If you remember. 
don't remember. I understand. But uh, <laughs> where Donald Trump said he got to grab him by the pussy and Billy Bush was like, yeah, I guess when you're famous, you can do whatever you want. I have a small dick. Ugh. And then Billy Bush got fired from his network, but he got a $9 million severance package. And I was like, well, isn't that nice? Okay. Which one of these people actually did something terrible? Uh, and it was him. Yeah, I mean, so really, many, the disparities of how much women get uh, punished for things versus men getting punished. Well, it was so much. It apparent. was so there was, and it was also. I love to hear like the only people who like stood by her, like Bette Midler stood by her, and there were so few people. And Amy Schumer, to her credit, stood by uh, Kathy. Yeah. Um, oh, she had a funny. Mm-hmm. She was saying basically how all these celebrities reach out to her and what she read. Billy mm-hmm. Bush sent her a creepy ass fucking weird letter. Mm-hmm. She read the letter. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah, like, that man is an alien. Yeah, he's a lizard person. If they exist, and uh, and then he's like what cut is, from the Ryan Seacrest cloth, though all those weird like oh, hosty people are. They just something's up with them. And then they're bots. When, when Kathy did the apology video, and she like was wear not she didn't wear any makeup or whatever, and and but she was like really close to the camera, and I think she had said Amy said yeah. sent her videos like your, your hair looks great or yeah. something, right? Or I think she said your hair, hair looks, looks terrib- terrible, terrible. Yeah. yeah. Said, Why does your hair look so shitty? It's just you know it's always it's, good. To that have was fr- really funny. And I and I think it's it's great. I mean, and it's also. Another thing that I liked about it was she said that at the time she was set to do some like book tours with Al Franken. Yeah. And Al Franken basically called her immediately and was like, I can't be associated with you anymore. <laughs> and then, you know, not too long after. Because everyone's perfect, Al. Scandal breaks. And that's just, it, 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 I don't know. It's, you know, it's just, it's the fair weather friends thing. It's like people who stand by you when you're doing badly are the memorable ones. Rosie O'Donnell yeah. was another one. Jim Carrey stood oh by her. Oh my God, Jim Carrey. They're not even oh. really friends. And she's like, she just got a call from Jim Carrey that, that truly like made oh. her day better I loved everything about it yeah and just like uh so you know as a woman as a fan but then as a comedian uh you know Kathy basically explained like she had gone back to bed after this photo shoot and then all of a sudden she wakes up and she has all these text messages like I heard what happened how are you holding up and I was like holy shit I have been through that yeah. <laughs> like anyone who said anything on social media and then you wake up from like a fucking groggy nap and you're like what is happening it's just people love to attack others I on wish, social media. I really do wish we could talk about <clears throat> the people, shitty things that people do without the expectation that let's take all their things away. Mm-hmm. Like that's not, and I and I think I've been thinking about this a lot. With it's the, not the solution either. No, and it's it's not effective, and it's and it's it's only going to do damage. And I, and I, but I people get on bandwagons and I definitely think I forget what we when we talked about the Louis thing mm-hmm. a long time ago before the New York mm-hmm. Times had broke it I forget what I, I wanted to look back and or, um, go back and listen to what I had said but I do feel like I was on this like bandwagony kind of like yeah fuck him and it's like okay can we just talk about this for what it is it was a shitty thing let's talk about it and maybe not do it you don't gotta take away all his career shit like you can't erase the fact that he's a great comedian and you can't. Right. And I just hate these extremes. I think it was also confusing at the time though because that was kind of like the start of a lot of the Me Too I stuff. Know. And then we didn't realize how bad things were going to get. And so right? there is some perspective now. You know, hindsight's yeah. always twenty twenty. Uh, but yeah, it's just been very interesting. And I mean, I know this is something we've talked about a lot. I think even later in this episode we talk about it. But uh, just like everyone has something shitty in their past or in yeah. their closet and, you know, goes into what John Ronson talks about all the time but you know it's like the public shaming and everything you know and even when I saw Amy Schumer act in a way that I just thought was like completely crappy like you know I wanted to mention this thing you know her her how she was a sister to Kathy Griffin because it's like yeah no I don't I don't like 
She's really funny. Yeah, she's, it's a, she's really funny, and I still I don't got to boycott her shit. Yeah, at all. I do think differently of her now, and that that's going to take a long time to go away. Uh, but you know, it's like we've all done garbage things. Oh, I've done terrible <clears throat> things. Um. Anyway, okay. So on this week's episode, this is the last episode of our prides. Oh, you know what? Actually, do you want to read an email? Oh yeah, let's. I read did an have email. one email, and it is let's associated to this pride series. Oh good. Uh. Do you want to read it or you can? You okay. Can read it. Okay. So it says, what if I'm into girls and I don't know? I don't know. I think about that a lot. Call actually, me. I don't know either. It says, hey there, you hear this a lot, but I need to first express how grateful I am to you two for doing the, what you do. Your podcast has made me so much more confident in myself and more comfortable talking about sex. My boyfriend is also forever grateful. We saw you guys live and he loved you guys. Um, nice, nice, nice stuff. Okay. Uh, I've been wanting to ask you guys for advice about the possibility of being sexually interested in girls. I'm a 24 year old woman from a very small conservative town in a very small state. I have only ever been with men and I have been in multiple long-term relationships. The idea of possibly being attracted to women has been in the back of my mind for a few years now. I've had a few sexy dreams about women, but never anything more than kissing and really liking it. I also discovered that I get really turned on when I see lesbian porn, Mm. but thought maybe that's normal because I can obviously relate to a girl being pleasured. Mm -hmm. I am afraid that because of where I live, I am not being exposed to many people and opportunities to explore myself. I often wonder if I lived somewhere else where the whole town didn't know each other and there were a lot more people, would I try to pursue something with a woman? Could I be suppressing some part of me by not exploring this? I do really enjoy having sex with men, but perhaps I could be having more enjoyable experiences that I don't know about how do I figure this out I would love to hear your perspective on this as I do uh, with many other subjects thanks a lot <sighs> I would go well you can't move I mean moving is a is a big ask I was gonna say uprooting and then going to a, a, a place where I mean New York I've experimented with women in New York and I probably wouldn't have been able to do it had it been in a small town in Pennsylvania and I still want to do it I don't care love is it dead? I don't know. Uh, you give your thoughts because I have only negative things to add. Well, I mean, for I'm me, in a bad mood. I think it's like I think there is. I, I I I was actually just talking about this with my mother over dinner before Kathy Griffin. I always do say, and you've probably heard me say it before in the podcast. Yes, I consider myself to be heterosexual, but maybe I just haven't fi- found the woman who is my soulmate yet. Totally. And I think it's important to always be uh, open to those, and like if you feel a feeling that feels different, like follow it. Yeah. But on the flip side, I also think, especially in this day and age where we're we're so you know everything is like where everyone's gender fluid and you're and you not don't be confined by these things. I think sometimes it's like pushing these ideals that like maybe you're just like a fucking regular boring heterosexual and you and you don't need to. So it's like I sometimes I yeah. think it's like the the talk that is going on in a current time could get into your head and make you think things that are not true. But I don't know. Like on the Kinsey scale, I would say I'm like pretty heterosexual. I'm not saying that does. I've never seen a woman that I was not attracted to. I have kissed a woman one time in my life years and years ago. Didn't do anything for me. Right. But I mean, maybe that will time will come again. Uh, but I mean, unless you're truly feeling like these ur- like urges, like homosexual urges, I don't think it's something that like your life will not be not, not be complete if you don't move and kiss a woman I, yeah <laughs> like, I mean I will say I did fine I went I took this girl out that I kind of know for drinks in in to discuss the possibility of having a three-way with somebody and mm-hmm. she did say to me 
hey, just so you know, like if you were ever interested, I'm bi, because I said I consider myself straight, possibly bi curious, but I don't know, not curious enough for me to label it that. Right. And she said, you know, I'm, I've never dated a woman either. And, you know, I know we're going to, you know, talk about doing this thing, whatever. But if you were ever interested, I would go, I would date you. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Sure. <laughs> you said, you know what? Sure. I didn't say that to her, but I was like, okay. I was very flat. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, She's like this hot, sexy woman. Yeah, I mean, it feels nice when people like you. And like, I think there's nothing wrong with being just like open to yeah. it. But I also don't think you have to go out of your way yeah. or like risk. No, I don't want to say risk, but like there's a difference between like uh, fighting for what you know is true. Like if you are homosexual and it, you are being suffocated in a small town. Yes, you need to chase. You need to chase that. But if you're just like, maybe I want to like make out with a girl and I would like it. Like, I don't think you need to. You just like, listen to a Katy Perry song. Yeah, that's all that your was. whole life to do that. And you're yeah. 24. Opportunities will arise. Totally. And if you're meant to have a relationship with a woman later down the line, like it will certainly happen. I, I, especially at 24. I don't think you have to force these things. Yeah. And you can continue masturbating to lesbian porn and yeah. enjoying it and, you know, just following things as it goes. But yeah, I mean, I don't I just don't think you need to lead with your sexuality really at any point in your life. Um, OK, so this week's guest, last of our Pride series, he's a very um, not, uh, not stereotypical gay man. True. We love him. We've had him on before, but mm-hmm. we love him so much. We invited him back on. He has a Netflix 15-minute special coming out July 3rd in the 15-minute uh, series, The Comedy Lineup. Please give a warm welcome to Tim, Tim Dillon. Thank you so much for having me, ladies. I appreciate you allowing me to come back. This Hell is my yeah. second time. I know you don't repeat people usually. Yeah, it's an honor. You, and John Ronson. Yeah, no, I, I, you, I John Ronson that. and John Campanelli, the greats. Yeah. Thank you. I don't, I don't know who they are. Those other two people. But I'm very. Is, is John Ronson related to Samantha Ronson? <laughs> I don't Lizzie know. Lohan's. I did Google that one day. They are not. Okay. So I was like, that'd be fun. No, he's an author and also my celebrity crush. Okay. Well, hey. I just, you know, I'm I'm honored to be here. We were talking. I started comedy in t- in 2010. Yeah, this was one of the shows I wanted to get on. <gasps> now, this was a, I was I really can't tell a fan. That's amazing Sarcastic. because it, this didn't exist yet. So Don't that's make it awkward. Pretty Corinne. cool. Uh, I, I I listened to this with my parents growing up. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so when I was five. Wow, you look terrible. Away. You look very bad. <laughs> I know. Well, we were talking about how you were saying our Republicans need to calm the fuck down, and that well, Roe v. Wade. Yeah. Uh, it's now in the talks of we're going to fucking yeah. make a little reversey poo. Well, here's what they really the, care about human beings. The thing uh, is, <laughs> this time we're in right now is, is bad for a lot of people, but it's also bad for, to be creative. It's really bad to be creative right now because you feel like you're like constrained by 
this need to have everything you're doing and saying say have a message. something. Have a message. And that's not really how good comedy happens. Yeah. Funny needs to come first. And then you can also have a message and a perspective, and that's great. But if all you're doing is trying to back into that funny with the perspective being first, you get a lot of what we see right now, which is a lot of very people having a lot of similar takes Ugh, for on real. things. Uh, every fucking very, special is the same shit. It's very homogenous, and that's what happens. And every day, someone releases a new sex podcast. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, you guys are the you know you guys are the OGs, and then everybody you know everybody's like that worked out. And we want to do it. Yeah, well, which is I like. I think it's the conversations that need to be happening. But it's like okay, put your funny onto it. Right. Well, that's your why I was actually funny. happy until Roseanne went ape shit on fucking Twitter. Right. No pun intended. Right. Um, uh, that uh, I was happy to see something with a different perspective on TV because yeah. it's just I watch the same stuff and it's like even though I do agree with a lot of these liberal views it's like I don't that's I want to see other things other perspectives no, Ro- Roseanne as a show was a good move yeah mm-hmm. you know Roseanne personally is reckless right and I mean we, I never one kind of knew that right. yeah, I mean like it's a show about white trash because she is white trash it yeah. was not yeah. she was not playing a character yeah I mean I, I think the the somebody should have went and took her phone <laughs> You know, I mean, no, that I, is I mean, literally, I know, oh, that, I, know. I, I mean, literally, like they probably needed to have a sit down with her mm-hmm. and say, listen, let the show speak for itself. Yeah. I don't think everybody needs to have a public persona. I think that, that we, we everybody feels like they do. They really do. Right. And I think for somebody like Roseanne, you got a show that people like. You have millions of people watching it. Say what you want to say mm-hmm. through the show. Yeah. And if you can't say it through the show, say it to your friends in your home that is a beautiful home. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Don't call. She must be getting something out of tweeting it, though. Well, yes. Because yes. it's the ego. But I'm like, don't you already have enough ego? You're Roseanne. You're a great comedian. Yes. Come on. Because I think Twitter is this uniquely dangerous thing because I think it's designed for it it really we like combat. That's what we like. We love watching fight videos. You know, we it goes back to the Roman Colosseum, people getting torn apart by animals and gladiators. Like this is just what we're into. And now, you know, on Twitter, it really it, it the, those primal instincts that we have in all of us, this website I mean, this app is just specifically designed to bring all of those out. So, it, and and I think somebody like Roseanne, I think part of part of the joy of 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 somebody like her being on Twitter is she knows that she's in a way driving the national conversation mm-hmm. by what she's saying. It's there's a it's uniquely powerful to feel that with 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 you know however many characters what's the character limit? I mean, forty. I think they increased that it. That you can drive the national conversation. With two sentences, yeah, is hard to not have. It's a drug. It's like the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. It's like here's all this power in the palm of your hand. Now don't use it. Well, and it's like, and I've been, I, I get that. That that makes complete sense. Like I, I, there's always an audience waiting for you. Correct. So if you're lonely and you're like, oh, I'm just sitting around. This is kind of not. Really I mean, I can't stimul- get a Twitter following. I tweet all day. I love Hitler. <laughs> I can't get anyone. And then I'm like, "Fuck Hitler!" I go the other way. Uh, you know, no one care. I don't yeah. know what to do. I have videos of me just punching toddlers in the face. Yeah. In Juice Generation, right. I don't know what to do. What a specific. There's shitty. a lot of toddlers in Juice Generation. New York reference that the is. Fuck There's out. like you know, but at the end of the day, it's like the Republicans right now have come into power. It's like if somebody took over a company. 
And instead of having a meeting and going, hey, guys, like I've been in companies where they've changed hands. Mm-hmm. A new manager comes in, whatever. And they come in, they go, hey, listen, we're going to change some things. We want to let you all know that you've been doing a good job and we hope to continue with you guys. And then you fire them quietly <laughs> throughout the week. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, Trump's crew came in and they started throwing people out the window. Just Day in, one, yeah. without coming in and saying anything, without even saying I'm the new uh, boss, no, no welcome email, just desks, chairs, people out the window. Very nine eleven, yeah. Medicaid, immigration, <laughs> Roe v. Wade. I mean, now the Supreme Court. You have these conservatives gloating, like uh. we're going to go back. They are literally saying we're going to go back in time. Yep. To take away gay marriage and Roe v. Wade. And listen, I am not a leftist. I'm not a Marxist. I believe capitalism's a, a flawed system, but it, it 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 has a value that should be preserved. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're in right now isn't capitalism. We have a lot of, we have basically institutionalized criminalities. A lot of what oh, people yeah. refer to as capitalism, which is why they're so sick of it. And I understand that. And I don't think the answer to that is government controls on every industry. I, I, I don't believe that. But as somebody who has conserv- conservative views and stuff like that, I've always believed that conservatism was also about temperance, about being relaxed, not about being, you know, an ideologue in the sense. Now, a lot of people agree with me and they'll, they'll point to the Christian right and everything. And that's fine. There's lots of examples that can disprove what I'm saying. Uh-huh. But to me personally, something about conservatism is not only political, it's temperamental. It's the idea that I'm. You would think. I'm suspect of wide sweeping changes that you're going to make to society. I'm mm-hmm. just suspect of them. I'm suspect of the government's ability to make me happy as a human being. I'm not saying they can't do it. I, I'm I'm cynical. I'm a cynical yeah. person. Yeah. What I will believe, the evil that I know to me is in many cases worse than the evil that I don't know. And that's just the way I've kind of always felt. Uh-huh. And that's probably where a lot of my conservatism kind of comes from is that I'm skeptical of people that have that get on stage and go, I figured it all out. Mm-hmm. Here's what we're mm-hmm. gonna do. We're going to make how it. How do you gonna... fucking know? Yeah, well, it's how also, do how know? do you know? And then I look back throughout history and I say a lot of the greatest massacres and a lot of the greatest, um, you know, periods of, of where human rights have been suppressed have been trying to usher in a utopia of mm. some sort, trying to make everything equitable, trying to make everything fair. That in many cases, in order to do that, the avenues to doing that, because if you believe that your end goal is a utopia, it's like, you know, paradise on earth. What you can do to get there, what you can justify doing to get there is fucked. Is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but wait, it, what are some examples of uh, massacres or, that have occurred because you were the people were trying to reach a utopia? Well, I mean, when people came to America and brought slaves. Well, well, that's, I mean, th- that that yeah, they were like, we're gonna build this land. The the Europeans yeah. were like, we're gonna kick everybody out who's already here. I mean, if you just look at the spread of communism, if mm-hmm. you look at the spread of communism, and you look at the promises initially made mm-hmm. and, and a lot of the countries that adopted that as a policy, obviously Russia, China, Mao's revolution, the things that happened under Stalin. And a lot of people would argue that they weren't, no, that wasn't truly Marxism. It was some aberration. It was a version of Marxism. It was a dictatorship. It was whatever. No, I, I do believe that at the end of the day, a lot of, you know, a lot of the, that ideology taken to its extreme, by the way. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, of Hitler course. was trying to also create what he thought it was a utopia. Yeah, yeah. Hitler's a, Every example. utopia comes with a group being suppressed and right. being massacred. You or, know, yeah. I was just curious to what specifically yeah. ones that you thought aligned well, with. Th- those are, those are, listen, I think any ideology taken to the extreme is a problem. And mm-hmm. I think yeah. that what you're seeing right now, when, when you have conservatives drunk on their own power, a lot of those conservatives are drifting into ethno-nationalist fascism. And, and what does that mean? 
basically they're they are playing their own version of identity politics. Ah, okay. And they're saying that white people own America, that mm-hmm. America is for white people, it was designed for them, it was built by them, and that these people are they deserve some type of, you know, homeland and they're being persecuted and 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 it that gets very dangerous. And they say that yeah. that intelligence is determined by uh genetics and that there are different races of people with different, you know, intellectual capabilities and that 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 then you know, that's kind of a precursor to, you know, well then why are those people around? Let's get right, 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 right. That's the extreme that it can so go to. So a lot of conservatives who've kind of been they're not they're truly um you know they're reticent to embrace identity politics for people and even though the identity politics again i understand why that's happening i don't condone it i don't support it i'm not a proponent of it mm-hmm. but i understand why it's happening because if everybody's going to see every issue through the lens of identity i'm gay i'm black i'm trans i'm a woman i'm this i'm that i'm asian white people are going to embrace that too because that's what happens. That's what people do. Right. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what people do. So I understand why that's happening. I understand why if somebody's broken in Ohio and they have no money, no job, and all they hear about all day is their white privilege, they're going to radicalize and they're going to unfortunately embrace some very dark and and you but know, all that things. like the white privilege thing means yeah. is like yes it doesn't mean that you I was reading this something about this the other day it's like white privilege doesn't mean that your life is going to be great just because you're white right. it means that you get to bypass these everyday instances yeah, I think that as a you concept, get like I, microaggressions I, yeah, yeah. yeah as a concept I agree with that white people have had it a lot easier than any other minority in America I think yeah, yeah. that is something that most intelligent people would agree with but I yeah. do think there is a certain, uh, you know, type of rhetoric that becomes, it degenerates, I think, rather quickly into name calling. It's people that call each other names. They refuse to debate issues. Right. So if you're refusing to debate issues and just going white privilege, white supremacy, no, debate the issue. You might be right. But yeah. if you cannot debate people, number one, all these people that say, oh, well, Milo Yiannopoulos says some abhorrent things. He shouldn't be in a college campus. It's like, well, if you're not going to debate him in public, how will you expose him yeah. as a fraud? You can't just how? put a wall up in front of his face no. and pretend he's not there. And if you think he's wrong and you're so and you're so convinced, mm-hmm. and, and I would agree with you on many of the things that he talks about, he's crazy, debate him, prove him wrong, expose him as a fraud, and and then you know that is what that is your that's what you kind of have to do. Yeah. Otherwise, Take you send action. him to the nether regions of the internet, and he grows a following. And part of his appeal is that they won't let me speak, they won't let you hear these ideas. And then all of a sudden, you're driven to him by people's refusal to listen. Yeah. So I agree with the you know the idea that white people have had it a lot easier, but I think the rhetoric. That gets built around that yeah. a, a lot of times degenerates and it's not people having productive conversations about issues. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. people trying to isolate other people and go, well, you don't get to have an opinion because you're white. And that's, that's never going to work. That is never a valid argument. It will no. never help an argument and it will only make people cling to And people hearing this right beliefs. now are like, well, that's three white people talking. Well, but, no, you know, no, no. but I mean, but that's I did. That's the lens. Well, this we're is, Jews, yeah. so we're not allowed in uh, the alt right uh, right. America anyway. No, you're not. Listen, we've had meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. I'm glad you know. Some people get confused. I'm quite clear on that. Some people get confused. Pigment's not everything. It's um, not. It's not. But no, I mean, that's the thing, man. And it's just like, I just, just chill out. Just these conservatives like, listen, listen, <laughs> every day is like, is like psychological terrorism where you have like every day is like 
a new thing that they want to, you know, they want to do. And they, you know, you have this immigration, which is a complex issue, but at no point is it appropriate to cheer families getting separated or to make memes about it or to laugh about the kids in the detention centers. There is no humane way to do that. Well, humanity has been stripped from all of these arguments. Yeah. Well, this is what happens. And I think this is, you know, unfortunate. And in, in comedy right now, I get... Was com- was complex issue your way of saying like yeah I do want to build the wall but out of recycled materials or no no it's a complex it's like issue organic. because it, <laughs> I mean like here's the deal I don't think the the wall is like this big symbolic thing it's never so going to happen I mean, try to get your kitchen remodeled yeah I mean, let's <laughs> let's get ridiculous with the yeah. wall but no I think America should have immigrants come in but at the end of the day you have these extremes you have these really you have these on you have these people on one side that go. No borders, no nations. That's a view uh, where they just go. And I'm like, well, you don't like the American government. You think we're corrupt. And now you're, you're willing to say that whatever government will now govern the globe mm-hmm. is going to yeah, be transparent <laughs> and something that, you know, you agree with. So you need to have a border. You need to have security. And you, you need to have immigrants be able to come in. And, and, you know, all of those things need to happen. These are, comp- you know, these are, it's to just say that, like, everyone should come. It's great. But you're personally not making any sacrifices for these people. Right, right, right. There are state and local services to help people. Those services, you know, those are the things that really, teachers, police, firefighters in these towns and places like the people that are going to be absorbing the influx of immigrants. You have to take into account how many people can assimilate into a culture and a financial system. And there are people here that don't have jobs. And like, that's a complex issue, but it doesn't help when a lot of that issue is framed on one side by people that just say, hey, no borders, no nations. We're gonna, you know, And the other side of people that it's all based in racial resentment. And they're uh, like, yeah. Mexicans don't work. And you have all these white people being like, Mexicans don't work. And you're like, what? Are, what? what? I've <laughs> never seen workers. a Mexican person not working. <laughs> I've never either. once legitimately <laughs> seen a Mexican person not doing something productive and working their ass off. I know. And I saw a tweet today where somebody's like, I re- I resent my ancestors being compared to the immigrants of today. Uh, my ancestors didn't show up to an industrialized nation for welfare benefits. And I'm like, Whoa. if you are insinuating that the people that come from other countries don't work their fucking ass off, you are an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, it's so, people building up the world that they want to believe. They, yeah. they, they, they think that something is right through a lack of whatever they're fucking lacking personally. Yeah. And they just turn it outwards and they just, they right. just make up shit. Yeah. But also, here's the other thing. The problem with the internet is like all these opinions that I have right now, to many people, they'd be like, this seems reasonable. This seems rational. They don't get attention. Uh, that won't get attention. If I tweeted everything I just said yeah, about yeah, yeah. like, hey, you need security, but you also need that. No one cares. Yeah. Nobody no cares. No one wants the middle ground fair no, one. No audience for that. It's not entertaining. That. Yeah. It's not entertaining. It's not, you know, burning a cross on someone's lawn. <laughs> it's not, you, you know, know that's... the Jews run the banks. It's not, you know, fuck white pe- It's like none of that. Which yeah. That is what catches fire on the internet. Negative things spread so much faster oh. than positive things online. You guys know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the reality. That's why we're living in this fucking crazy world. So everybody's got to 
Throw the phones out. Shut down. Shut it down. I know. But then why do you think people like Jordan, like Jordan Peterson, because yeah. like everyone's up in arms about him. And then, yeah. you know, we both went to see him speak. And like yes. nothing he said was at all crazy. But no. then, but then I'm sitting there in this group of like mostly white dudes. Yeah. And, and I, I, I and then I was like, is some is Who's am this? I missing something? Uh, Jordan Peterson, he's a famous Canadian uh, professor that he a lot of feminists have issues with. He wrote he's a, book. a clinical psychologist. He wrote a book. Yeah, you know, basically defending. I think, I think the thing that he does that that that, that bothers people is Peterson. He's this little skinny old man, very well spoken, very intelligent. Yeah, talks a lot about personal responsibility. Talks a lot. I think he's defending a lot of people view. Um, the West or the hierarchies, the patriarchy, any of that stuff um, as these structures that are um, designed specifically to oppress people. And I think Peterson has said there's examples of these things in nature all over the place. Mm -hmm. Hierarchies are not necessarily oppression, although they can be. Yeah, they're not necessarily oppression. And a lot of them are based in, in some form of competence, people being better or smarter faster or stronger than you dominating you to some extent because that's kind of the natural order of things right so he's kind of defending that and i think the people that want to create those utopias or that see the you know and some of them have a point where he talks about enforced monogamy i think he uses words like that where he's he's simplifying a very complex argument you have to really watch him speak for two or three hours. This mm -hmm. is not a guy that Twitter, it's going to work. Mm -hmm. You know, ah, you it. need mm -hmm. to really listen to him. And you can still have agreement. I have friends that have principled disagreements with him. Some of the things he said, I have said, well, I think he's saying that because he's more responding to the lunacy on the other side. This is the problem when everything's a binary. When everything's a binary and all knowledge is like weaponized yeah. and you're in a war and the people against you are your enemy. Some of the things that Peterson says, I'm like, well, he's being willfully obtuse because he has to. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, he is, 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 you know, none of this is happening on an island. He's fighting with people. As you said, he's in conflict with a lot of people. A lot of people don't think he should be able to speak. And, you know, so I think. And he rose to prominence with the transgender pronoun issue where he refused to, he said, I don't want the government to be able to compel me to refer to somebody by the pronoun that they choose. I don't think compelled speech is a good idea. I think you head down a very slippery slope mm -hmm. and it's a bad road. And a lot of people were like, well, you're anti-trans for that. Well, how, how right. was, he, was the government trying to compel him? Well, there was to... a bill in Canada called... Yeah, because C... he's Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's yeah, a bill yeah. in Canada called C-16. I think it would require you to refer to somebody yeah. by their chosen pronoun or you would face a fine. And then potentially, I guess, if you fail to pay that fine, you could what? be jailed. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. but, and, and the thing is, like, he, he's, he's like, there's never been an instance where I didn't call someone by their preferred right. pronoun. He's just saying that I don't think it should, I should be... me if I fuck up. It should be legal that I have to. And I 100% right. agree with that. Yeah. You can't start doing that I, mean, I was having a conversation yeah. with somebody about somebody who goes by they them and we right. kept saying she and, sure. and then we're like ah shit I mean they it's fucking good. I mean but yeah. it wasn't out of malice so I think I think what Peterson was basically saying is when you start to uh, compel people to say certain things when that becomes yeah. uh, uh, you know the prerogative of the government mm -hmm. it it leads you down a, a dark road 
And I think that there's a lot of historical examples of that. There are, you know, which he points to, which a lot of people don't like. And like I mean, what? Like what? Like what's a- well? I mean, in all of these, in, in all of these countries, communist countries, things like that, you had not only laws that governed, you know, you had you had cultural laws, you know, Mao's Cultural Revolution, things like that. I mean, I think that. So if you're talking about, if you're resistant to the idea of government control, if you're, if that, and I think for Peterson, he's a guy that's very. You know, at his heart, he's, you know, a free market guy in the sense, mm-hmm. not free market in the sense that he doesn't believe that there should be a social safety net or whatever, but he he believes that governments that are successful protect freedoms of their citizens and try to maximize freedoms of their citizens to engage in the kind of speech that some might find distasteful and abhorrent because at the end of the day, he believes that you have to trust if all the ideas are out there that people are going to make the right choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to trust that. If you don't trust that, then you go down the other road where you give a certain group of people in society the responsibility to regulate speech based on what they consider offensive and hateful. And Peterson's point is that the people who would do the regulating are the least are the people that you would least want doing it. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. those are the people who you necessarily would not want regulating speech. So I think at heart, he's somebody that that is sees a lot of these things as as the government infringing on personal freedom and that that is a slippery slope that won't, and that again, again, it's it's under the guise of compassion and it's under the guise of, but what I think he sees, he sees that it has this rather pernicious effect of like once you start limiting people's freedoms, you continue to do so. And um, I think that's what he's resistant to. So I think yeah. that was the speech issue for him. Yeah. And then me and Corinne saw him and again, Listen, I, I think the guy's very smart. It's boring. Mm-hmm. It gets boring. Well, also a lot it's of the stuff not, like yeah. So like people are so politically charged when they t- uh, talk about him. But then I'm if you just like listen and you and you forget who he is and actually just listen to the words that he's saying. Everything he's saying is just the way I've mostly lived my life. Yeah. As far as like holding holding myself accountable, being productive. Like there was nothing because I was truly like a, on high alert for any crazy, and I just wasn't hearing it. And I am. Continually yeah. confused as I watch him and read his work about like why people have such a problem with him. If you believe that all dominance hierarchies are by nature oppression, if you believe capitalism is exclusively a predatory system, if you believe that you know globalization, the free market, all of those things have only served for people to further become oppressed and enslaved, and if you believe those things, you have number one to believe those things, you have to ignore. Tremendous amounts of data, <laughs> tremendous amounts of facts, <laughs> tremendous amounts Which of data that points join. to people being lifted out of poverty by the millions, by the way, um, over the o- over this over this period um, through all over the world. Um, but if you believe those things, then, then Peterson giving a articulate defense of the West is going to be. I mean, I've never seen the media try to destroy an individual yeah. more. I've never seen an individual misrepresented more than him. Hmm. I've never seen an individual who where if you read an article about him and you listen to him speak, they are two completely different experiences. When you listen to his actual um, lectures that he gives, um, like Corinne said, you know, again, a lot of it is, you know, essentially is motivational speaking. He says things like clean your room. You know, sort yourself out. Oh. And he's telling people to be responsible for themselves. I think yeah. one thing that he does that upsets some people, and I can understand that, is he says, before you go out and before you go protest, if you're an 18 or 19-year-old college kid, make sure that you are sorted out. And I think people, and this is where he might be, he's not on as solid ground as he is in some of the other things. I understand his point. 
His point is that if you are not a fully functional, productive human being, who are you to tell anyone how to run the world at 18 or 19 years old? And on its face, that's a reasonable point. It's yeah. a rational point. But I do think there are certain instances where, you know, people feel that they need to do stuff. They need to act, you know, need to, you know, uh, participate in activism. They need to show solidarity with people. That shouldn't necessarily be contingent on them being you know, a perfect human being. Right. Yeah, I mean, if everyone yeah. waited to protest until they had themselves sorted out, there'd be like right. five no people at the protest. So that, so I think Peterson, that's an issue where his larger point, I think, is somewhat valid. I think yeah. we've all met people who are a fucking mess in their personal life, yeah. but can, you know, tell you how to live your life. I mean, just look at it on a personal level. Forget politics. We've all had a friend who's all over the place, but it's like, you got to break up. You got to do this. <laughs> you don't know what you're doing. And it's like, I have a friend, I was in LA with a friend of mine who I love, and he was giving me all this advice, and he, his car door was broken. <laughs> like you had, you had to. The, it is hard to take advice from someone car, with a broken the car. Car door, and he's got money. He's fine. Oh. He's not a. He's not genuinely sub. The car. He's choosing. He's got a beautiful home. He's smoking weed in the backyard. We're drinking orange juice that he just juiced with a juicer, which wow. I'm sure. Was money that he could have spent fixing his the car door. door. The door. And it, but, it, but you know what it is? It's the passenger side. Fuck the passenger. Yeah. That's where he's at. Yeah. He's like, doesn't affect me. I get in the driver's seat. You figure it out. <laughs> These are little things that give an insight into somebody's mind where it's like, bro, fix your fucking door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. think that's kind of what Peterson's well, saying. And, yeah, yeah, and people look to distractions before fixing themselves or figuring themselves yeah, out because look, that's scary but I also terrifying. understand that, like, listen, if the government goes and does some crazy things like they've been doing, should yeah. people be Take able to... Should, yeah, people should mobilize. I mean, yeah. that's what it is. Listen, people should yeah. have mobilized when Obama fucking extended every Bush era program that limited your freedom that that fucking like you know there's you know we have 20 intelligence agencies we have a surveillance state we have you know wiretapping we have all of the we have the nsa we have all of these things that are doing things that infringe on your personal freedom Mm -hmm. you should be mad at all of those things they should bother you they should upset you yeah. It does seem like Republicans like to protest a little bit less than like liberals. It seems like we love protesting. Yeah. Well, I think it's the types of people. I think conservatives, we go back to the beginning of the conversation. We talk about temperament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think conservatives, you know, Peterson made a great point where he's like conservatives run companies. Liberals start them. Mm-hmm. Liberals start uh. companies because they innovate. They're all yeah. about, you know. You know, well, I mean, we need both. But then they don't think about like where the money's coming from. Yeah, well, they also <laughs> just their temperament is more suited to having ideas, you know, formulating ideas, looking at society and figuring out what we need. That's why we need both. You don't you can't yeah. have a society without these two types of people. Um, and then conservatives are kind of really good at, as Peterson would say, kind of running the algorithm, just doing what works over and over again and maximizing the results. But I think when the algorithm doesn't work, then and he made this point it's like that's when you need liberals so i think conservatives by their temperament are more likely to embrace the parts of society that are functional and quote unquote run the algorithm Mm -hmm. and i think liberals are people who are very good at looking at society and saying what doesn't work my issue is then what are the solutions going to be conservatives and liberals both bad at the solution makers neither one of them is good Neither one of them is good at solutions. They should write for SNL. I mean, they should do something. <laughs> they should do something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you, you date? You dating? 
I'm, I'm curious dating, what I'm, a I gotta date be is with you. like with you. I'm and if dating you... Jordan Peterson, and I don't want to. I'm like, wow. I know. I know it's gonna be weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be weird. But I love that little that that frail little body, older man. Yeah, um, in Canada. No, uh, I date. Yeah, I date. I have like, uh, I don't know that it's like you know. I have people that I see. We go out to dinner. <laughs> When's the last time you had a boyfriend, Tim? Stop, stop being have, around the bush. I haven't had a boyfriend in forever. What's, the, never, what's the answer? Is this a complex I've, issue? I've never. Had, <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice. It's so nice because you you look at both of them. You're like, who's the cunt? And then you know, it's like it's it's almost obvious. Um, I've never had. I've never had a boyfriend. I've never You've had. You've never a boy, had a boyfriend. Never had a boyfriend. No, no, it's not worth 33. it. Good I've never you. Had have you tried I've never tried oh. that's a bad thing I've always had guys that I've hooked up with and have had fun with you and enjoyed a spending time to with try I should try I think now I'm starting to have more of a desire to try but oh is that why you're looking so good I don't know about that <laughs> she's so she's such a she, you know wouldn't you like to see her in a cage <laughs> in a mylar blanket oh I would love to be you know what one. I mean can you imagine the, the no outrage if she was in a cage <laughs> The zero marches that would happen. Oh yeah, because she would love God. it. But no, I, 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 I'm a, I've spent a lot of time on career shit, and then I also just like kind of have fun with people. Relationships are very sticky. They're, yeah, they're, they're, you know. But I realize it's a part of my life. I need. I to wish develop. I could. I, w- I want to get to that. I want to yeah. be there. I want to yeah. be in a place where I don't care about. No, it's unhealthy. People. This is very unhealthy. I don't know. Is I'm it very though? unhealthy? Really? I think it's unhealthy. So? Mentally, I don't. Are you? I, I'm really focused on 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 one area of my life at the expense of other areas of my life. But it's going well. It yeah, is, it is. So that's why I don't. That's but why do I don't you reverse feel fulfilled? course. No. Oh, that's ever true. no. But yeah, but that's why you keep. That's the hunger. That's that kind of where maybe some of that hunger comes from. But, but it's I, also like you don't. How do you know that a relationship would be the thing that made you feel fulfilled? You don't know that. I don't know it's that. An inkling. Yeah. But I think that it's it's worth. I mean, there are guys that I've liked and I've I've thought about. You know, and I. But mm-hmm. have you just, ever felt like you were in love with somebody? <sighs> yes, probably. But it just never went to the next level. Why not? I think I'm afraid that once I fall in love with somebody, I'll stop doing everything else. Yeah, that's like might I, be I really, true though. I really fear, and this is very unhealthy, but I mm. fear mm. I that if I was in love with somebody, I don't know. I don't know how that would impact other areas of my life. Like you know. But are you happy I, now, or are you just doing keep doing this comedy thing because it's working? And it's what you feel you should be doing. I'm happy. I mean, it makes me happy. I mean, if I if I want it, like it, there is a happiness there, and I do believe like you have to make sacrifices. Like I I don't know that it would be fair. To be in a relationship with somebody who I would literally be like, you're never going to come first. I'd have mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. You're legitimately never going to come first. Mm. A C-level road club in, in Cleveland is going to come first. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, but I get that. because right now that's what has to happen. I but, think you're smart, though, because I fucking crushes. All they do is just distract you from all the shit you need to do. I mean, I have crushes on people and I and, I, and I'm dating I have, whatever the fuck. It but is. I think I have these like arrangements where like, you know, we'll, I'll hang out with somebody. We'll we'll, you know, go to a hotel. We'll have dinner. We'll fuck around. But mm-hmm. there's no and like, you no know, desire to, to like many of them are married. Are you, you know, what? I don't want to get involved. I can do both. Oh, really? I, I can. I, I can you're do versatile. Both. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Impressive. Huh. You know? Wait, they're married? No, I'm kidding. One okay. has a girlfriend. One right now has a girlfriend, I which is say, weird. Do you have, you do you have a sex with a lot of people who like pr- say that they're straight? Um, ye- maybe. Like, I don't know who they. I don't know what they're in in their lives. I I don't know what they do. 
Like I don't. Wow, know. you really don't talk much. No, John. we do talk, but here's the thing: this it is gets, so bathhouse. It gets kind of weird only because I don't know. Like I, so there's this guy that I met recently, and I went out to dinner with him, and he's like, I'm like, he seems kind of gay. He seemed gay. Yeah. And then he's like, and then later I found out he's gay. And then, <laughs> but he's very much like, I'm like, does anyone know you're gay? He's like, no. I'm like, your friends don't know. And he's like, no. And I'm like, your family doesn't know. And and I'm I'm looking at him and I'm going, this is kind of not a shock. But then I see on Instagram, like he's got a girlfriend and she's really attractive and she uh, loves him. And I'm like, I don't know what the, I don't know what's yeah, going he's on. He's non-threatening, probably super fun to hang out with. I, I want to show, show you the photos of him. Some of my, yeah. screen. Uh, I, wanna, I know the, all the closeted gay guys I've known have had a hot as fuck girlfriends. There's nothing hotter, all, there's nothing hotter than a closeted gay guy. Everyone's like, oh, gay pride, gay pride. I'm like, that's fine. To me, sex and pride, nothing's less sexy than pride, being proud of something. And I don't mean you shouldn't, <laughs> let's be honest. I'm not proud of the things I like sexually. I don't sit down at dinner with my family. I'm proud of my fucking, the Netflix thing I did. I'm not proud of sitting around and being like, right. uh, eating ass, that's what I'm about. Like well, I'm not proud also, of that. But a lot of people are. But being, I know, but, but being proud me, of eating ass would make it not as fun. Right, it would make, I don't want ass eating to be a mainstream thing. I want it to be like, yeah, it's a dirty, naughty closed thing. door, naughty thing that I'm ashamed of and that's hot to me. Well, I that's mean, like I, a lot of my problems with like, with like non-monogamy and threesomes. I think part of the reason yeah. I hate them is because everyone's doing them now and I'm like, ugh, hack, next thing, cut someone open, lick it. Right, right. Well, that's good. Next thing, uh, murder. Yeah. yeah. I well, no, I didn't say, I, I said cut someone open and lick like it. I didn't play? say murder. I mean, so, so here's the Instagram and I mean- I mean, I want you to look at the whole Instagram, but here's the photo where it's kind of like, this is the girl, and she's very attractive, but it's like, you're gay. What? She's, I, I she's, look at scratch, the Instagram. she's yeah. scratching her face look in this the whole, picture. She's she covering her face because she doesn't now, know she's Now, here's the other thing. Guy. Do I feel bad that, like, I'm, I'm, like, face-fucking him in a hotel, and... <laughs> well, I mean, I, that's pretty gay. That I paid that's for? That's pretty gay. Like... I mean, what's the? Is oh. that a guy that you think is gay when you look at him? hundred percent, he has gay face. He's oh, gay. Yeah. I, I see. Is I don't that acceptable? Is that acceptable to say? I don't care. It's true. Gay I, face. I, I don't but that, see but that's it. Thing, yeah, but it's kind of like easily. I it was. It took me. He's dating a girl. Does the girl know that me and him are face fucking in a no. in a in a you know no, decent but not great Midtown hotel that doesn't even have room <laughs> service? They don't even have room. See, service. I wouldn't have thought he was gay. I thought it was Metro. No, I mean this. Pi- this kind of Metro, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Should I feel yeah. bad about that? It's not. It's oh, not my mic. Sorry, but it's, it's not. Back. But why? So I mean, so it's not really. You're not in the relationship. He is. So yeah. I mean. So here's the thing. When you ask me, do you have relationships, Tim? Yes. But here's the deal. Oh They're, my god. They have relationships, but I. What? Do you, what? He made a Britney Spears reference in one of his captions, Tim. I, all right. Well, let's not get <laughs> let's not get too specific. You have a you have a large platform. Well, I'm, th- that those two things is enough. But so my whole thing is, I'm like, I'm is like, is he listening to this? I hope no, not. No, I don't think so. But it's also like, who knows? But it's also like, at the end of the day, this fucking chick might be. So who knows? Oh yeah. Well, if if she couldn't tell from the reading the caption herself now, on the Instagram, then okay? she does need to hear it do on a podcast. Do you think she's okay with it? Do you think she's cool with she it? She doesn't no. know. No, she doesn't know. She doesn't you don't know. Think she if knows. she has no. any inkling, no. she's stuffed that so far down in the depths of the fucking earth. Wow, this we is crazy. Do, we do get a lot of emails uh, like, "Is my boyfriend gay?" Or "I think my boyfriend's gay." Or "I found this. Is this gay?" We get a ton of emails. Can you forward like them that. to me? <laughs> I think it's very important that I do a full investigation. investigation. Yeah, yeah, you need to email them back ASAP. Yeah, let me see and let me see if they like bro stuff. Like I'm really into broy, <laughs> like, you know, like like 
let's you but know. like I, for me i i ch- i'm like boy crazy i get very boy crazy yeah. and that's so fucking distracting so the relationships you have aren't distracting no they're very they're, they're very much a means to an end but i think uh, <laughs> what corinne is basically saying what i probably do have like a little what corinne has inside of her which is the need to control someone to dominate them to impose her will I was on waiting them. for what that was going to be because I was like you know everyone reads me so well on this podcast well yeah. no I just I, tune in every week to hear you, how I am you but you you are you're you're in a relationship you're a you're a participant you know what I mean probably oh yeah you're you're in it yeah 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 you're yeah, in it yeah. you're like I'm participating hardcore in it <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> like you're you're it's a you know so like there's part of me that wants to be in a relationship and do the like come meet my parents and do the like, like come with me to record the, if I'm taping a special or come with yeah, me to like yeah, yeah. do something and be more involved in my life and not just be this kind of tangential part of my life. So yeah. I, I do totally understand. And you know, to just have that emotional nourishment that I kind of don't have. I just have like these transactional things with right. people. But it's, it's, hmm. th- do you feel lonely ever? No, that's great. That's the thing. And I don't feel lonely, but I also don't feel completely like whole I don't know what that feels like but I also think yeah. it's easier for you not to feel lonely having never had a boyfriend you don't yeah. even know what you're missing it's almost I don't know what I'm missing it's almost That's like a true. better I've case scenario I've had girlfriends when? <laughs> when I was in high school and shit I had oh, girlfriends right, I dated right, right. girls but I mean it was like were they really hot? No, they were not bad looking. They were kind of curvy, but they weren't bad looking at all. Yeah. You know, these were... But like, what was that like for you? Because, I mean, you already knew you were gay at that point, yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a wet hole. You make the mess of it, you know? (laughs) You You close your eyes and you go to town. You go to dinner. So wait, okay, so this is part of... This is the last of our our Pride series, and I love having you on. (laughs) But no, this is is why I love having you on, because you are so, like, non-traditionally homosexual. I love love it. Uh, I'm just sucking dick, having fun. Yeah. Just relaxing. But so, like... what is, what's going on in your head during like June Pride Month in New York City? Do you participate in any way, or I mean, I, just I, do I don't. What you I, do. I, I think I participate in the way that a lot of gay people participate. I live a Sucking life. Dicks. I suck a dick. Suck I fucking record dick. a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I uh, do comedy every night. I never hide from who I am on. St- like I'm not a guy that like. I don't always mention it on stage, but I usually do. There's usually a joke about it because I feel like a hack if I don't have one. But then yeah. like. I also feel like a hack if I'm like putting it in when it doesn't belong. I'm yelling about something else. I'm like, right. I'm also gay. And it's like, um, no, I don't, I don't feel the need to conform to any particular version of what gay is. I think there's a lot of Good. people that haven't come out of the closet because they feel a lot of pressure to mm. be a certain thing. Yeah. And I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with pride. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that, you know, the particular iteration of expressing your sexuality is great. And I understand where it comes from and why it's necessary. But I think there's a lot of people out there that don't necessarily fit into that mold. Mm-hmm. And I think if the media and people like that, if, if the image of what gay is, is evolves and changes and you know, becomes quote unquote, you know, more somewhat mainstream, you start seeing sports people come out of the closet and be like, you know, there, there are other, there are other communities of gay men out there that I feel like will come out of the closet and should come out of the closet. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't think I'm so different. Like I know that in, in, in the comedy business I am, I think, because there's not a ton of gay guys like me or, you know, in the, but, but I think in the world you find that a lot of gay people are going to work 
Yeah. Raising kids, having dinner. It's not a... Just doing everything else everyone else is doing. Doing everything else everyone else is doing. The whole Pride Month feels weird. It feels like this large corporate mm. thing. Oh, it did feel very yeah. corporate this year. Like, I, I yeah. walked through Herald Square this year and every store had a sign. And I was like, oh, of course, you only fucking care now because it's profitable. Because it's yeah. now like you feel like if, you know, if it and if it was not on the profitable side of the spectrum, like no one would have a rainbow flag yeah, up. It's it just so feels irritating. Like, man, I'm, I just have a resistance to like... Everyone has a t-shirt. Massive parties. I love New Orleans. It's one of my favorite cities. I mm. would never go during Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's not for me. You don't even need to, though. It's a party all no, the time it's, it's there. An, absolutely, 100%. Like, to me, it's like any massive display of debauchery isn't necessarily as fun. I mean, I'm 33 years old. I'm kind of a loser, I think. Like, I'm kind of like... I, I love comedy. I love making people. I think my job is very exciting. But like when people are like, what do you like to do? I'm like, I like to hang out. I like to walk around new places. I like yeah. to go out to dinner with people. That's like a loser, though. It's not a loser, but you know what I mean. It's like this idea you're of like this. You're not a rager. Yeah, this crazy. Yeah, but you know why? Because I was. It gets old. You but know? I think you're more. You would be more of a loser if you were still d- raging every night at 33. Yeah, I, I, okay. I agree. I mean, I I think that like there's a time in your life to just kind of focus on something and whatever that is whatever you want it to be but i mean there's a lot of you know pride's a lot of fun and there's and there's a lot of fun it's just like i've gone to pride events and things like that i'm just not the guy on the float yeah you know but that's that's not where you're at (laughs) in life and i feel like you know some kid who was fucking kept his own identity to himself his whole life and then moves to new york city is good that's pride is probably like the best day ever that's great it's amazing you know what i mean but like Um, say they do like say like say they do try to take away marriage equality gay marriage i mean is that something do you get out do you march then i mean i do do whatever i have to do listen i have a platform i will march i will do those things but i think i'm more effective as somebody that can go and make really good arguments yeah mm-hmm. yeah i yeah, really yeah. believe that's how i'm the most effective i will march i have no problem marching. i have no problem doing any of that and the gay rights movement was not the the, the real work of it was done by by people that were older than me mm-hmm. let's yeah, be yeah. honest you know the people at stonewall Inn getting the shit beat out of them the marsha the people, p johnson's yeah all of those people did the, the the work that i that's unimaginable they were dying alone their families their country their government yeah. everybody had turned their back on them they were still doing this work and demanding their humanity yeah. and those people and they're still around and i'm not saying that that has gone away but I'm in awe of those people. I would never claim to have been one of those people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I would never claim that mantle. That's something that's truly amazing. And I think that at the end of the day, it's like, I don't have that story. Most gay people I know don't have that story. Hey, if you work for BuzzFeed and you're gay, guess what? You don't have that story. I don't care what article you wrote. Yeah. I don't care what joke offended you that you decided to, you know, dedicate fucking 2,000 words to. No, the, the people that are doing it, the activists, the real activists, the people that... The, did not take very lucrative careers in the private sector and instead, you know, maybe still were in the private sector, but like defended uh, gay people, tried to tried to advance, um, you know, the cause of, of marriage equality. People that do things like that are amazing. I will help in whatever capacity that I can help it, you know? Yeah. Um, which I think is, I think, to be honest with you, I think, and I, I hate to sound like, this is going to sound like, you know, somewhat, I think people seeing gay guys like me, talking to gay guys like me, having somebody like me being like, this is a part of who I am. Um, um, it's not the central part of who I am. It's not. I don't think anyone's sexuality is the central part no. of who they are. If you are, you're not interesting. Right. I think there's a lot of people out there that aren't interesting. 
So unfortunately, whatever they have, and is, I think well, people. Yeah. I think people who make their sexuality the central part of who they are are people who are desperately trying to seem interesting. Right. I think the craziest form of activism, and I'm not taking away anything from people that are, are fighting the marriage fight, all of that. I think that's all very important. So I, I want to be careful about the way that I say this, but like, I think it is a valid form of activism to be a gay person who lives a good life. Yeah. And does it conform to a specific stereotype and goes out into the world and lives a good life and has people, meets people, treats them with respect yeah. and, and, and basically enlarges the picture of what gay is. That's yeah. a huge and part of it. And expanding people's ideas yeah, beyond and, a and not stereotype. Even doing it, you know, you know, cynically or like, you know, me suggesting that people have to do that because fuck what people think about you. Who cares? But the idea of like just going out there and living a good life and like proving all of those people wrong yeah. that think you are just a sex obsessed Cretan or you're a pedophile, you're a fucking, you know, you hang out in underground dungeons or whatever, you know, whatever people think I about wish. gay people, you know, show them that you're not, you're a teacher, you're a, you're a coach, you're a firefighter, you're a cop, you're a fucking whatever, you know, mm -hmm. I would never do any of those jobs are boring, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not everyone's meant to be famous right. like I am, but the point is that. <laughs> All of the regular gay people need to do regular gay things. Yes, or just regular things. I mean, but so do you ever catch flack from the gay community for uh, having conservative views? I, I think some of my conservative views are for people to really, for me to get flack, they'd have to make an argument. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't have the kind of conservative views that are, I think, um, like the type of conservative views that are headlines where mm -hmm. it's like I don't go out and say like Melianopoulos and and I don't I hate to use him as an example but like he'll say ridiculous he'll be like gays are lazy don't hire them right and it's like okay well that's a view that you're clearly going against a, you're clearly saying an inflammatory thing but like yeah I get flack from not only the gay community I get flack from every community when I say that uh, you know um, you know I believe that uh, you know Western civilization has. Uh, some values that make a lot of sense and that capitalism is not uh, the greatest evil that the world has ever known. And that, um, you know, free speech is important. I mean, these are all debates. I, I don't, I did never thought I'd be having well, with, I know. with liberal comedians. I never yeah. thought I'd be debating the merits and values of free speech. I never thought, but yeah, I catch flack when I say Roseanne has the right to have a TV show, not after what she said, what she said, but like the idea that just having a Trump supporter on TV. Oh, I absolutely agree. We're just talking about yeah, that. Yeah. I get flack for that. I get flack, but do I get specifically flack from the gay community? I don't know. Okay. I think, I, I think sometimes I do, but I don't think it's like, um, you know, one of the things that I think prevents me from getting flack, I don't give a fuck about flack. I'm not trying to be in the club. So yeah. if you're not trying to be in the club, it you, you can't get kicked out of what you're not in. True. I'm trying to be my own thing and trying to entertain people, but I've never gone along with anything that I found to be not what I authentically feel. Mm -hmm. It's the people that do that all the time that then when they are caught they get a lot of flack because it's like you've strayed from the fucking herd. Like you're, and, yeah. and that I've never been with the herd. Yeah. So well, those are like the types of people who like Google what opinion to have every morning. And there's a lot of people in this business with the right opinion in the right package that go very far. I've right, never right. tried to be one of those people. I've only ever tried to be funny. Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, I think, you know, I'll, I'm sure I'll get flack, but it's like, the flack's only as much as you care what the flack is. Yeah, that's true. I know, but yeah. I know I know there have yeah. been times that I've known you during your career where yeah. you've like toned things down. Well, here's uh, what happened to be more yeah. 
palatable? What I well, what I realized, I don't know if it's to be more palatable, but I realized something, and I think it was an important thing. I realized I wasn't being funny. So that became a huge problem. Like you were just being angry or? I was just engaging in debates with people uh-huh. that were irrelevant. Okay. They weren't relevant. Mm-hmm. My skill is not debating people. I'm smart. I can craft a good argument, but what, what? that's not what I came here to do. Yeah. It's not why I moved from Long Island and lived in a shitty apartment and had rats and roaches and bed bugs and worked a job I hated eight or 10 hours a day. I don't run from any of my views. I'll, I'll discuss them at length with anyone who will have me, as right. you can see. That being said... <laughs> I don't believe that, you know, you start to really drain your energy. You only have a certain amount of energy. And if you're fighting with people all day and you pick every argument, you pick every fight. Now I'll write things when I truly believe something. I'll write it and I'll craft something. I'll put it out there. But yeah, I mean, there have been times when I've decided to kind of tone things down because at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm not centering funny. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting funny out first Yeah. at the end of the day. So that became a major issue. And like, and I'm also draining my energy talking and debating with people and this doesn't matter. Yeah. And this, was it solely yeah. your choice or did it, did it any like yeah, agents I mean, I'm not or a managers? Celeb. I'm not a celeb. They don't well, care. I don't, I don't know because I mean, I think it's like, you know, pretty early on in a yeah. career, people do try to I've never had help you figure yeah. out who you are. You have an agent now. No, I, I've never right? had an agent or manager say anything about Oh, okay. Anything okay. that I've said. Just curious. Never, no, because I think there's a market for the Yahoo. Mm-hmm. There's a market for the guy that's not. Yeah. Melianopolis makes more money than uh, most comedians. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah there's yeah. a market there. I, I don't. I don't know that. Um, I'm not the guy that's. I don't have big deals with Disney or something. You know what I mean? Like I'm a you comedian. Don't. I live in that world. If I do a show, it'll probably be in, in a comedy space. You know, or maybe a dramatic space with that's funny. I, I, I don't think that I'm I'm not a Disney Channel star. I'm not somebody who is uh But you did take dance classes. I did oh take man, dance classes. I saw those belly shirts. I was very yeah. good. I was very good. You look like a Disney Channel. Me and Corinne like looked alike as children. And <laughs> what? You know, did you take dance? Yeah, but I didn't look like you. I don't even know it. Well, and, let's and honey, you were kinda honey, hot. Let's let's put the photos up and let's see. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I wish I was at a part where like they bring me in a room and they're like, tone it down, Dylan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> tone it down. But it's really more like they're like, don't miss your flight to Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Be at the airport I by mean, nine. Yeah. And I, and I also think at the end of the day, it's like you get to a point. I talked to James about this because I think James is great and I think he's really funny. But I think it's also that like I'll tell him I'm like, you hit, you start hitting your head against the wall enough times with people where you go, mm-hmm. this isn't working. All we're feeding is the beast. Mm-hmm. All yep. we're feeding is Twitter. Facebook. Well, I mean, I, I Those used, are the only things that are really. I used to love nothing yeah. more than when you would sit down and, and talk to James because I yeah. feel like like I would get through to him, but I feel like the only it was like sending him to like a Therapist. like go talk to your dad. Well, like, well because here's the thing. thing: it's like you can have these 300 comment threads with people, right? And then you wake up the next day and you're like, I didn't write a pilot. Yeah, I didn't write a new bit. Oh, I would tell him that all the time. I'm like, what and, are you and doing? it's just hard because that's where yeah. I would get to, where I would be like yeah. arguing with people, and then I'm like, I'm arguing with people. I don't even know who these people are. These yeah. are people that do open mics in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. that I'm arguing. And with. Giving them I, would, I would literally click on people on hit on like that he was arguing with on on the feed and like take a one second glance at their Facebook and be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, so so to you're me, you're too it's talented like, to do this. Yeah, I have I it, for a while there. I kind of liked being trolly. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Oh sure, it's yeah. an activity. And I, and I well, and when it. you're a wordsmith such as yourself, it's oh, it's, it's fun. It but fun. I think eventually I just got to a point where I'm like, I really want to make things. Yeah, and I want I want to do stuff. 
stuff that I'm kind of proud of. And I could look at people and go, this is funny. This is good. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, it's just kind of like, you know, I mean, we'll see what happens. But, you know, if I feel strongly when the Louis thing happened, I felt very strongly. I wrote a thing. It kind of got shared a lot in the comedy community. Wait, about, what was your stance? I'm sure I read it at the time. Well, it was that the behavior was deplorable, but people were using this as a way to say that he wasn't funny or that his comedy was inappropriate. Which is irrelevant. And what you're basically trying to do is you're trying to redefine what's funny so that you as a mediocre talent can compete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what you're trying to do. Yeah. And and that seemed very cynical to me. And the people that were doing it were the usual suspects or people that work in comedy. They are, many of them are comedy writers. They have jobs. They make a lot of money. They don't take any risks. They hit a target when it's acceptable, which was when all that information came out. Very few people were going at Louis before that information came out. There were a few. And good for them or whatever. You know, like at the end of the day, I respect that. I don't respect the pylon of all these people that now that it's a safe target to hit, they all go hit him. And I'm like, these are the people in comedy that will never be unemployed and they'll never be great. Yeah. Because that's, they're they're careerists. Their main instinct is self-preservation. And these are the people that are hopping on these things. And again, the right opinions in the right package at the right Mm -hmm. time, you can advance your career, but you'll never be great. That is yeah. not that is not the, the recipe for if you really truly want to get and I'm not even talking about great in any commercial sense. I'm talking about really truly being happy with what you're doing on fucking stage and in on any platform. Mm-hmm. The road to that is not just fucking, you know, be, becoming a fucking cubicle dwelling fucking you know, and I don't even mean there's anything wrong with sitting in a cubicle or having a writing job, but like that mentality of being a fucking worker yeah. and going in and and sitting there and like staying within the lines and all that shit. I didn't get in a comedy to be that person. No, and of and not. to me it, it defeats the whole purpose. But even for like it's so it's like I don't I wouldn't even go as far to say that actions were deplorable. I would just say like gross, uh, especially because I mean sure. I mean I don't know what the word I used. No, I think I'm, it was, I'm just yeah. curious. But it's like my my only thing is that I know we've talked about this before. But it's yeah. like uh, so if you're being so open as a comedian on stage about your actions, both the good and the bad, and things you're embarrassed about, like why did did he know just not talk about it well I mean I think that was a mistake I think he knew it was wrong and I think he's probably ashamed of it and I think there's all there's things that is as honest and open as any of us are there are things that we hide from the audience there are things that we keep to ourselves and I think that probably he knew it was wrong and I think yeah no the actions were really inappropriate there are people in your workplace that deserve a level of respect you're not giving them that level of respect yeah you're in a position of power it's uncomfortable it's wrong and I think that like nobody was defending the actions that I saw most people were saying this isn't the right way to go about it. Yeah. But what I took issue with was the people that were saying, burn the comedy cellar down. And this is, this is the culprit here is offensive comedy. And I'm like, well, no, it's not because a lot of people made this point. I'm not the first one to make it, but like, you know what really inoffensive comedy? Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to me, whenever you go at comedy, that it's I always kind of just feel like you're, it's a fucking scapegoat and you're doing it cynically because you yourself can't be great. Want to advance your own career without doing the hard work mm-hmm. and without fucking taking real risks, which these people don't want to take because they went to great schools and they live in nice apartments in Manhattan or L.A. And those aren't the people that take risks. Those aren't the fucking revolutionaries. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what you're doing on Twitter. You're not a fucking revolutionary. You don't know how to be broke. You don't know how to be poor. You don't know how to be unlike. You don't know how to be not liked. None of that is what you know how to do. 
You know, I'm just speaking to like specific people. You know how, <laughs> yeah, but you know how to show insert up, names. You know how to show up at an office every day and fucking punch a time card. That's what you do. Don't fucking come at people that are fucking actually trying to do good shit and yeah. fucking yell at us. Yeah, but I mean, talk, talking about safety, I know we were talking about it before we started recording, but the Nanette special, I would love to talk about it because. Uh, would you love? Yeah, because, well, so what's her name? Hannah Gadsby's her name? Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting because I heard about it through the comedy community, so I immediately watched it because I. I fucking love shit like that and I mean I went in it wanting to make fun of it and I wasn't even nearly as annoyed by her as I thought I would be uh but then like immediately after when it started being uh popularized by like the Huffington Post article etc I got a slew of DMs from listeners of this podcast mm. who were like uh have you watched this special I think you would love it and I got a mix of emotions anger confusion it's like and I often feel that it's like it's like how much I don't I don't understand listen, how, it's how, a pat listen I don't I don't understand yeah. why people think I would like that it wasn't comedy first of all yeah, well, that's I mean, the main problem and I, I haven't seen it so you know the main problem isn't the special I don't have an issue with the special I don't like the special I don't like a lot of specials a lot yeah. of comedy to me isn't funny where it goes on Netflix is not nearly as important to me as other people other people like don't put it under the comedy but it banner. is because people who aren't comedians then think that's what comedy is supposed to be and that's why we have audiences who show up people and think and it's offended. okay to cry in the middle of a fucking comedy show and it's people, not i don't know if people are that stupid Here's, no oh they are they, potentially you could be right here's where the problem lies it's not so much in the actual special it's the response to it okay it's this idea that it's being heralded as this you know, as all these people that they're, they're you know, these these media types that write about comedy, there's so many people writing about comedy now. You know, you'd think with everything going on, there'd be other things to write about. For sure. Um, but <laughs> but I think it is important, though, because it's a, it's the one place where free speech sure. is hopefully still no, living a little bit. I understand, and I understand that these people are culture writers and whatever title they give oh, themselves. What is that? But at the end of the day, it's like when that Huffington Post came out, article came out, I had no issue with her and I had no issue with the special. I didn't find it funny. In fact, I found it. Somewhat, I, we, whenever people do something like that, I always I, they they give glimpses into their mindset without mm -hmm. even realizing it. And a lot yeah. of these people exist in this very interesting place of wanting to define themselves entirely by their pain. Mm -hmm. That's how they define themselves. It's very interesting. Mm. And they they then kind of they really want to. They believe that the way they've experienced the world is the only way to experience it, mm. and they want to kind of Im impose that worldview and that perspective on other people they're imposing their will on you and it's people that really seek control they really want control they don't want people to believe things that they don't believe they don't want people to and you can feel it you can feel the moments of tension in that special is she's it's almost like do you guys are you guys with me yet yeah are oh. you here and to me i've always ever wanted to just entertain people i don't need to have everyone believe things I believe. I don't need everyone to... I don't want people to murder I, yeah, I me. I want rights. Like, why? Same. I don't understand what, 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 how big your ego has to be to invite everyone to a theater to then announce for an hour in what you well, presented under the guise of a comedy special that you are actually not doing comedy anymore. Like, why do we need to talk about that for an hour? Number one, it's a one woman show. It's not a comedy special. Yeah. And so it is annoying to put that. And as far as like people are so concerned about like offensive comedy these days, it's like nothing is more offensive than fucking lying to someone and saying, I'm going to give you comedy and then like, not giving them comedy. Well, people, people are genuinely, a lot of these people, and we're all 
narcissist to an extent. I mean, to invite anyone to a theater and go, mm-hmm. here's what I have to say is an Nurse. ego. Oh, hell you know? yeah. Right, because I mean, I did find her kind of charming at, at points. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, again, I think the, what upset me was the Huffington Post article where she said, "If you're this is the thing that got me. Right. Her quote was, if you're just trying to be funny, get the hell off national television. Which, by the way, who the fuck's on national television? Number two... <laughs> Number two, and I disagree with that because like yeah. in, in like it's, it's in my saddest jobs. times, like uh, fucking what made me laugh the most and what made me get out of my own head the most, and it's hundred percent in practical jokers, which is the humor of a twelve-year-old boy. Right. No, it's again, it's her. It's it really comes from this deeper place of her being unable to exist in a world where people are are perceiving it in different ways than she is. Mm. That humor means different things to different people. She can't live with that. It's not okay with her. Well, to it's say she, that a comedian's job right. is not to be funny is just the well, antithesis to, of a comedian's job. Well, because to her, it's not. To her, <laughs> to her, it's not. It's not. And look, I know wait, what you mean. It's just you know funny I mean? the way you, you said but, it. I mean, that's what it is. It's kind of like it, with, 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 with somebody like her, they, they believe that any art, I mean, she's talking about Pablo Picasso and Van Gogh and like. Yeah. Well, that's because, because, I mean, in her defense, yeah. she does have a, a degree in, in art history. So, I mean, that's As why. As all the funniest <laughs> comics do. I mean, I get. <laughs> Agreed, but I that's why. She, but that's why she brought that into the. You yeah, know, you, you have to talk about what you know. But it's also like, listen, she wants to destroy. I, I think the idea. She really loves the idea of marrying art to the morality of the person who created it. Mm. And I think that those are separate. And that's what she's. You know. Well, she, I mean, there is one point in the special when she announces. She's like, when I started this. Can you guess who my favorite comedian was? And then she takes a dramatic par- pause and she's like, Bill Cosby. And like, even oh the God. audience doesn't react because no one right. cares. Yeah. No, <laughs> oh, and then, but, I, but I think part of this is listen, here's the deal. I think we all want to compete. I think mm. people are hardwired to compete. Even the people that extol the virtues of like, you know, collectivism and all this stuff. At the end of the day, they still like to be at the top of the hierarchy. They'd like to climb a ladder. Most people do. Not everyone, a lot of people do. And I think people are very good at spotting ways because it's hardwired into us this idea of like spotting the avenue what's the avenue how do i get there yeah. how am i going to get there what do i have to do in order to get there what is the process going to be is it going to be this you look at things you go i can't do that there's guys that try to get laid and, and women try to get laid. whatever i don't want to gender everyone but yeah, like fine. you have uh, guys that go yeah i'm not going to be the best looking guy that's never going to be me. Yeah. I got to develop a personality. Some people go, I got to be rich. Some people go, I got to be this. There's avenues to kind of get what you want. I think a lot of these people that want to divorce, that, that, that really want to, you know, basically throw out all the art that was created from people who are, are considered by our standards, maybe by any standards, to be immoral and to be degenerates for whatever reason. I think part of the reason they want to do that is whether consciously or not, if you get rid of all that art, then they're the only ones left. Mm. So if you get rid of Louis, Nanette, you know, like if you get rid of. But, I, but I'm thinking like, yeah. it's like who, who has a history that is so squeaky clean that we cannot in it find something that we can, that we Nobody, can categorize as deplorable. The, right. And then also she goes on. So, oh my God, I have so much. I, I And so I just haven't ran into anyone who's seen this special yeah. yet. So I'm so excited about it. But like she. I watched three minutes. She fucking <laughs> uh, then goes into that. She hates Pablo Picasso because she's like he had sex with an underage girl and then we find out she's 17 yeah, and no, like no one cares no one cares like 17 oh. I'm sorry that's it was a, not it was a long time why ago. did she bring that you up you can fuck it. you can fuck someone who's seven God, I mean like legally you can't listeners but like well some states you can I mean I, listen I know a lot of the states I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've done a lot I mean, of Tim has visited all this of them. is not I just don't think that's a reason to stop and obviously there's abuse and there's you know if when someone's in their 40s they know a lot more than someone who's 17 it's not healthy Let's say I don't think Picasso. a lot Let's say people. he was a murderer, yeah, and a rapist, right? And a yeah, 
pedophile, and let's give all let's the say, things. Give him all. all the things. Yeah. Let's say he was the worst of the worst. Cornucopia, yeah. If you look at the stuff he did, are you still not going to say, fuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck! Broadly has Is this... that a fucking crazy painting? Like, yeah. I, I don't know what to say. Like, how are you not going to have that reaction? And that's broadly mm. has the, the, the feminist uh, leg of vice has this I just section. Lo- I read it every day. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I'm sure you just jerk off to it. <laughs> yeah, the words. It every day. They have this type of, they have this like column, I guess it's recurring. Uh, that's like, you know, so-and-so was actually a piece of shit. And they're like, mother Teresa was a cunt. And then, they would say something like and probably ruins everything yeah yeah basically why well, we try to do a segment on it for a live show for something because i'm just like can you not take the sh- the shitty part of it like the cunty reactions mother Teresa's had yeah and and you're taking them and you're parading them as this is who she really is it's like we're all fucking complex and we all have fucked up shit and we all have great yeah, it shit. doesn't mean that people should get away with their shit but it also means that like here's the deal Talent does not come from healthy, happy people. It's true. It doesn't. I mean, it has sometimes, but no, it's rare. I mean, maybe. Rare. Yeah, sure. It's rare. I think talent comes from turmoil. Yeah. Inner turmoil. Angst. I think. Like, when people complain about Roseanne, it's like, shouldn't a character have conflict? Shouldn't there be mm-hmm. demons there? It shouldn't people... Don't you want to see art where people wrestle with their yeah. misogyny, homophobia, their racism? Don't you want to see those things? Because that's what people are doing in their private lives. Yeah. Art is a well, mirror. Exactly, yeah. Art's a mirror of your private life. We're not driving the conversation. I know that people think we are. We're reflecting what's going on. Yeah. So even the best movies about... Whether yeah, you're just about, holding a mirror up to society. That's what it is. And I think a lot of people now are convinced that they're actually driving the, the the entire thing that they're the ones that are you know basically in charge of you know pushing civilization forward mm-hmm. uh and and they believe this while telling jokes in a basement on mcdougall street <laughs> and i don't mean the cellar i just mean anywhere like right you know i mean it's crazy yeah. you're a lounge act i tell people all the time i'm a lounge act mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah i do i tell jokes to drunk people in lounges <laughs> if you need me to register you to vote then let's just it's, call society. Yeah. Let's call yeah, it a, a day. It's a let's problem. call it a day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, because yeah, because Hannah was she's her one of her last points is like my pain cannot be a punchline anymore. Oh, yeah. We did this on, on uh, your favorite podcast, Legion of Skanks. I, we did. Oh, yeah. uh, it was actually really funny. She was like, I am a 17 year old is never in their prime. Right. I am in my prime. There is nothing there is nothing stronger than a woman who has rebuilt herself in the Legion of Skanks. We had a laugh track. We just kept pressing like the laugh track. Like, ha, <laughs> it was ha, her Braveheart just moment. Explosive laugh. Listen, yeah. man, I, if I saw a show like that, a one-woman show like that, I probably would have been like, this is fucking great. Yeah. Oh, no, no. This As a one-woman great. show, it would have been it good. It seems as though that's this the main problem great. of it. Yeah. But, and also, a one-woman show is saying like, hey, I'm a narcissist and I'm gonna, you're going to all sit and talk about me and just me and I'm not even going to, maybe you'll laugh, maybe you won't for an hour, for an hour, hat and totally. half. And that's fine. That's exactly yeah. what a one-woman show, I've done a one-woman show and I was like, let's talk about me for an hour. Yeah. And it's great, but you know what you're getting. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you're, you're not trying to mask something and like then feed people fucking propaganda through... Uh, uh, the title of comedy. Yeah, but I think it's very easy. Um, comedy is one of the things about comedy that makes it so cool is that there is no barrier to entry. You don't have to go to a school. You don't have to go to Juilliard. It's not like a discipline like you'd play music. It's kind of it's, it's the Wild the- West. It has a lot more that in comparison with a circus right. than it does with yeah. like any type of formal art. That's why no one respects it. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think there's a beauty that's why it's in fun. That's, there's a beauty in that. It's kind of this fucking renegade art form that's kind of relegated to basements and shitty you know comedy clubs and stuff like that. So I think that when we try to dress it up and we try to make it actually 
academic. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what that special kind of felt like when we, and I'm not saying that you can't elevate it. I think you should elevate it in any way that you can, Mm -hmm. but at its very core, I think the essence of what it is should be this dirty, somewhat deranged thing that like allows humanity to blow off steam so that we can all be better people. And I don't think you're going to solve all the problems in the world through comedy. And I think trying to is a really big mistake because you're going to, you know, again, People get mad at racial jokes. It's like, you know, racial jokes have probably brought more people together than they have divided people, mm-hmm. you know, because humor is ridiculous. But it's also access yeah. to the regular person because it's like, you know, there might, uh, I'm sure there exists many wonderful TED Talks and high level texts on race and race relations, but like that's not, that's not the words or the conversation that's getting into the ears of the regular person who comes home from their job and wants to have a beer and goes to a comedy club. Like it's, it's, it's direct access to real everyday people. Yeah. Do you think the guy that I'm fucking has this conversation with his girlfriend? Probably not. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if they're somewhere? Oh, he loves Nanette. They just intellectually <laughs> spar. Was she like, let me ask you a question. You weren't getting face fucked in a motel. And he's like, listen, you know? here's the reality. He goes, you know, Nanette. <laughs> I just can't with the fucking title. My podcast partner, Ray Comp, we it's made... It's named after some chick that she met once. We like, made... Uh, well, we... I think, well, that's... Hey, that's what I'm named after. So we oh just... Oh, my God. Here's the other thing. We made... My podcast partner, Ray Comp, we made... We're going to make Raynat. Yeah, oh, yeah. And this is... Because everyone <laughs> I should... I so hard at that Everyone today. should have a Nanette. Like, I think everyone should have a Nanette. I think everyone should just go up there and get to the bottom of their shit. And I yeah. mean, listen, I think if you're a comedian, it should be funny, but hey. Yeah. I mean, she's an interesting lady. I just think, the you know, view Yeah, yeah. I, I really did not, like, I didn't, I hated her for doing that. I don't, I, I don't, I didn't hate her the way I wanted to. The reason that, I, that I would hate her is because I think she would hate everything that I love. And I love just the ability to say whatever you want in a room. Right. I love the ability to offend people, to have conversations, to have levels. debates, to do these microaggressions, trigger warnings. This is all horse shit. Yeah. You're fetishizing mental illness. None of this is fucking real. People are not that fucking fragile. Stop. Yeah, yeah. Stop. Everyone's, you know, and we've got 90 million pills to cure all of these fucking ailments. It's like, learn how to hear something that you fucking don't like. Learn how to deal with somebody that thinks differently than you. Otherwise, we're going to regress into just where we just kill each other. And they could do that. Mm. On your special. Yes, great. Netflix coming out July 3rd. It's, it's always co- good to trash one Netflix special and then to promote another <laughs> Baby, one. Maybe, but that that's was what my it tactic is. Here, that's what it's like yeah. when, you're ma- when you're like, your managers tell you to tone it down. It's like, no. And no. if they did, I would say, fuck Fire you. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I no, don't a care. manager should never tell a comedian client to tone it down. You know what down. I mean? And I'll uh, open for Nanette. I don't give a shit either <laughs> and because you I'm would. all about my paper. So, yeah. Nanette. I'll go around on a tour with you and fuck on Australia. Uh, I don't give a shit. What? I'll get out there and feed a koala before she comes out. <laughs> Oh my god The only time You're on stage Is when yeah. you come out To feed a koala yeah, Before why not? I'm glad we did out. Such a fun political episode No it's so good wait, It was so high minded What's the name of your yeah, That's why you do I Most of the talking I talked about fucking But I knew yeah, you didn't Yeah that's cause you were talking I knew you didn't And I read your book And it's very smart And if anyone wants to read it it, what is this called? Guys We Fucked. It's called, it's called Fucked. fucked. Being it's sexually explorative and self-confident. In it's world called that's Fucked, uh, a discussion of the role of the nation state in a post-Cold War <laughs> Europe. Thank and you. I'm so surprised at that. And hey, I had no idea. And I read anything? that book and I said, these two... There's not a chance in hell you read our literature book, class. I didn't read the book. Yeah, no, I know you didn't. I, I didn't even think it for one second. Wait, so what is your Netflix special it's, called? It's called The Comedy Lineup. It's July 3rd. It comes out. I'm eighth. There's eight comedians. They put me eighth. Very sweet. Thank you. 
Um, <laughs> Netflix. It's a 15 minute special. You get in and out. It's really fun, real quick. Oh, I thought this was a real comedy special where no, you were promoting. A, this is a fake one. <laughs> this is a fake one. This I'm is so annoyed now. Listen, very you can convincing. watch Nanette, or you can watch eight. You can watch my special eight times. <laughs> <laughs> How about you watch my special eight times instead of watching Nanette hey, once? Hey, Netflix gets the dollar either I way. I was so you excited know? for you. I thought you had a real special. No, and then I was like, th- the comedy lineup, that's a terrible name for a special. Listen, yeah, I'm like, why are you giving credit to other people? It's, why it's all like- bad. I should have. I wish I... I w- if I had done it again, I would have fucking... I would have fucking started a podcast about anal... <laughs> I, should, I mean, I you know what I mean? Oh, but God. it's 15 minutes. Listen, Hindsight's 2020. it's the new, I fully believe that these things kind of take off. 15 love, minutes. Okay. I love the I Netflix 15-minute special. I love their first line, their first uh, uh, run of it. It was great. Well, this is the first run of it. The oh, other I ones think, were half hours. Oh, they were half okay. yeah. hours. Well, every, here's the deal with the- My They were so bad. funny. They felt like 15 minutes. I, <laughs> That's what okay. I said to my friend <laughs> who had one. I think that the 15 minutes is interesting because I watched it and here's the reality. You kind of don't need more than 15 minutes. Well, yeah. 15 minutes is what really most comedians are working in every night anyway. You 15 really minutes need, is a sweet spot. You really don't. Here's the thing. You want an hour of drama. It's kind of like, unless it's Chappelle, you don't need an hour from like anyone. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, oh, we've got it. It's really, but July Yeah, 3rd, I always thought an hour was too long. Tim Dillon, comedy lineup. Thank you very much. Yay. And where can we find you on social media? Tim J. Dillon, D-I-L-L-O-N on Twitter and Instagram. My Instagram is kind of funny. Uh, Tim, very a lot great. of good food. Yeah, L-L-O-N. There's Pictures. some good food there. There's, you know, I have a, my friend in LA is this really uh, good, funny cat that I take photos with. Ooh. Oh, I was wondering Oscar. whose cat that was. I thought that was your cat. No, it's okay. Oscar. He lives in LA. Oh, okay. He lives in West Hollywood. He, that is Whoa. your animal counterpart. It's He's amazing. Great. I love He's him. Great. He's great. <laughs> I follow him very closely. He's great. Um, okay. So, you know, I'm just uh, living life at TimDillonComedy.com if you want to see me live. But it's, I put yeah. all the live shit on Twitter and Instagram, too. Good. Awesome. Good. Thanks for coming back. Thank you, talking. ladies. Thank you very much. Congratulations. July 3rd, Netflix, the comedy lineup. This has been Guys We Fuck, the anti-slut shaming podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. passionate about the perfect fit and they believe it's time for your bra to fit you not the other way around their collections are designed by women for women so you will have the love you feel under each and every look and now they offer over 70 sizes and more than a dozen styles so you'll find the perfect bra for every moment and every outfit get 15% off your first purchase by going to third love t-h-i-r-d love.com slash g-w-f today This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, 
simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. 